0: Welcome back to the Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. We are back, DJ. We said last week that we were hoping to come back with. You were doing a bunch yeah, of this stuff last yeah. week, right? And we are effectively coming back, throwing up the dubs. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a time solution. when we come up, come back, and we're not throwing the dubs up. But you, in the NFL, you celebrate them when you every, get them.
1: Every time you get them, no we matter celebrate. how you
0: get it, as long as you have one more point than the other team, you celebrate it. Uh, I heard this stat, by the way, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. There were four NFL teams that started the season with two home games. And Atlanta was the only one to come out of that 2-0. Let's go. Of those four teams. Let's go. All right? So it's a good start. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Derek Rackley, Dave Archer, DJ Shockley. The old adage when I was playing, again, we were playing back in the 16-game season, (laughs) was – If you go undefeated at home and you split your road games, you got a darn good chance of winning the the division and going to the playoffs, right? So, long season ahead, but off to a good start when all that comes. Now, granted, we're into 17-game seasons now. However, um, here's what we're going to talk about today, a little player spotlight. I'm going to let the guys pick a player that just impressed them or felt like they were the difference maker in the game on Sunday. We will uh, dive into a little bit more of the call. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's actually if it's like going down in history it yet but be, yeah. the fourth and one call by Arthur Smith to go for it instead of kicking the field goal I mean what I heard
1: was was Dave called down and said Art said, "Yo, look, Art, I got to play for you." And he said. Like, Archie, my dude. That's so right. he
0: he pushed that special button on his no box in the booth, right? No doubt. Like only in special circumstances. Ain't nobody
1: Archie the only guy got that connection to him. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then we'll talk about the hurdles that the Falcons will face as they move into week three in a road contest against the Detroit Lions. Uh guys, before we dive into it. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. We got a chance to see some throwbacks last yeah. weekend. The red helmets, the old logo. I uh, kind of joked about it in the pregame show. You know you're getting old when they wear the older Falcons logo, and that was the logo that you started with. However, <laughs> uh, I feel like Arch is the one that we should start this conversation <laughs> with because you did not wear the red helmet, right, Arch? I did, yeah, I did. Like, I'm kind of jealous. because <laughs> They
2: didn't have the gold stripes. So what they're doing is they're commemorating the original – uh, helmet, you know, obviously Camarillo Georgia, maybe more so than it does Georgia Tech, but they put the they put the gold stripe on it for Georgia Tech mm-hmm. on it's outside of the outside of the white stripe. So we did not have the gold stripe on our helmet. Uh, we did have the red helmets with yep. the logo that you're talking about. Yep. So, yeah, there's some fun things to look back on. I still think that those helmets pop. Yeah, I thought they yeah. popped on Sunday. I think the fans mm. dug them. Yep. they look good with the black jersey. We wore the red jersey with the red helmet. I think it looks good, really good with the black jersey, the old go back to the beginning. Yeah, uh, And so I thought they really popped, and, and as it turns out, we popped as a team.
1: Now, not not all offensive linemen have good style or swag. Some of them do now. Okay. But when you put on that red helmet and that black, I thought all the offensive linemen looked sweet. You thought I they looked good? You know, skilled guys, you're going to always look good. You're <laughs> gonna, you know, you're going to look the part always. But I thought – Everybody look good. I think pop is a good word. I mean that red is like electric. It it just it stands out. I mean, you got dudes around the league. I saw JJ White talking about Man, can the Falcons make those uniforms permanent? Like right, right. other people around this league noticing them, I thought they were pretty cool too, man. I two was... things I'm jealous about, I'll just say, it. I'm gonna go on record and say it: the fact that the guys get to wear
0: Jordans for cleats now, like yeah. I'm pretty jealous about that. Yeah. And number two, like when when I, when I was playing, we didn't have all the different uniform combinations. True. Like we pretty much wore the gray pants like every week, True.
1: right? And we didn't, and then we we didn't have Nike either, right? It, it was we were in the Reebok days yeah, for yeah. the majority of that time. was well, yeah, like, yeah, you remember those? Well,
2: and he had those boring ass uniforms. That wore <laughs> up in Washington, too. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, in, uh, in Minnesota. Seattle. Minnesota, where they were brutal. The Minnesota yeah. Golden uh, Gophers. Uh, <laughs> those are <laughs> some, <those laughs> some weak That's <those laughs> <weak, you> know, <laughs> the wave. guy
0: from Ames, Iowa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we were one of
0: the first teams that had multi-uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we digress. All right. uh, Let's go ahead and talk about the Falcons. Um, all right, DJ, I'm going to start with you. We're going right. to call this the, just real simple, player spotlight. I want you to go on a um, a rant, if you will, go into detail on somebody one person maybe two people that you felt like you were impressed with or made one a difference person. in the game you oh you're one person you're getting he's telling you here right.
2: shock if you give shock that kind of rope then all of a sudden he's <laughs> he's got the whole offense laid out and three or four of the guys on the defense
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you and i just need to wrap the show up right <laughs> we'll see you later i've never done anything <laughs> with that sort people as if we look into the camera, I've never <laughs> done that. So don't allow Arch to fool you. But okay. If I get to choose one, I'm going to say a position group okay. of oh, the offensive the line. Always, it's always a violation. I can't use okay. the offensive line. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Offensive line. You can't signal out just one. Okay. Good call. But That's seriously though. Story. But good seriously point. though, you go out and you rush for over two hundred and eleven yards in a ball game yeah. against that kind of front that you just played against. That speaks volumes. Yeah. And I heard, you know, you. you we, we, I was watching the Monday night game last night and the guys in, on the call were talking about, uh, you know, a couple of certain players on Carolina team last week not really, you know, stepping in there last week when the Falcons were getting the run game going, this is what this offensive line, this is what the kind of back, this is what the receivers on the outside, tight ends, it's all together. But I just love the fact the offensive line took that game in their hands and really, really put it down the throat of the Packers when you needed to. And there were mm-hmm. times in the game where situations you say, you know what, we, we're going to run the football. Everybody knows it. It's third and one, fourth and one, whatever it may be, we're going to run the football. And they were physical enough to get that job done. I mean, you, you can single out a couple different plays where, where guys are really good up front. But when you, you go for 211 yards in a National Football League running football, yeah. I mean, that's hard to, to overlook
0: yeah uh very impressive uh, 45 runs in the game as you mentioned 211 yards rushing 446 yards of total offense in the game we have we have talked a lot about the skill position players rightfully so but back in the offseason we did talk about the offensive line arch because we were talking about Lindstrom and some other guys that needed to step up and take the next step in the development now that they added Bijan Robinson what's a player or position group that stuck out to you in the game
2: yeah, I'm going to pick – I'm going to leave you the low-hanging fruit. Okay. I'll let you go ahead and take uh, number seven. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Nate Landman, who filled in at linebacker. Yeah. Nate
1: Landman – give me some, That's a good call. Oh, hey, <laughs> you go back oh. and
2: look at the tape now. Nate Landman, you think, well, linebacker, he had four tackles in the game, tackle for loss. He made three or four plays in the game that were difference-making plays – Two that stick out in my mind. Atlanta got outflanked on one particular play where they threw a little swing screen to the outside. Landman reads it right off the start. They had able, they were able to hook the edge defender for Atlanta, wow. and they're going to get to the perimeter. Landman runs right by the guy that was going to block him and blows the play up for about a two-yard loss. That was mm-hmm. his tackle for loss. But the play that jumps off the map is they're trying to run they're trying to run left side or right side of the Falcon defense, and Landman's not going to make the tackle. He completely destroys the lead blocker who was the tight end slash fullback. I can't even remember the guy's name, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't know his own name today
1: <laughs> because
2: he exploded this guy. I said I had to rerun it back and forth. That who in the hell took it? Oh, oh, you know, just you kind of cringed a little bit when you saw it. He explodes this guy, and and then Caden Ellis I think runs through, or Jesse Bates runs through and makes the tackle right at the line of scrimmage. But it was because of Nate Landman. There was a lot of concern about Troy Anderson, his speed and ability, and certainly you're going to be excited to get him back on the field. But you understand now why a guy that had hundred, over 100 tackles and Michael Walker is not on this team anymore It's because of guys like Nate Landman yeah. who stepped in. And you didn't miss a beat defensively with Troy out of the game. Now yeah. you've got a guy that's played some plays. Uh, and like, like Landman and you got, Troy, you got Troy Anderson coming back boy the depth at linebacker just kind of it just threw itself out there so you could see it. Love
1: that.
0: You know Taylor asked me Taylor Vismore asked me in our pregame show on Sunday you know what type of loss is it not having Troy Anderson in the lineup and everything and, and guys sometimes you just have to go back to the old adage it's like it's next man up in the NFL right mm. yeah you you hate to lose a player like Troy Anderson obviously out in concussion protocol but it's this is where they've tried to build depth in the off. Season, and it's now it was late in Nate Landman's turn to prove to himself and this organization and the rest of the team that he's a viable option for them for sure. at the linebacker position. I think it's a great point, Arch, that you throw him out because now that defensive staff even feels more comfortable with him being active. Maybe they start doing a little bit more rotation because he's not just a holdover guy, not just a stopgap mm-hmm. guy, somebody that can come in there and help make them plays on the defense, I will go ahead and take the low-hanging fruit and <laughs> be John Robinson. Guys, we said it last week. We said it in the offseason. This kid is freaking special, yeah. like truly special. There were two plays that stuck out to me, and I know you guys all know that the, the running play that I'm talking about where he straight up made three people with, right? Like, Nasty. Nasty. And this is this is a rookie running back. In, yeah, sometimes you got to take rookies with a grain of so, salt. Oh, they're going to take a little while to get their feet underneath them, kind of figure out the NFL game. I mean he shook jock straps <laughs> off of three dudes on one run. And and that was just like I'm as, I'm watching this play unfold and I'm like oh 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 okay. Yeah. And then the other play that really stuck out to me guys was they end up flexing him out wide and I think they had pits in the slot. And they run the slant pattern, right? And he comes in and catches this slant looking like a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean just in stride plucks the ball out of the air, catches it, turns up upfield and I had to remind myself like y'all this is a running back, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not really supposed to look that smooth out there. Mm-hmm. But that again is the somewhat of the Swiss Army knife that you get with a guy like Bijan Robinson. We talked about it, 100-yard game, 124 yards, his first 100-yard game probably going to be first of many yeah. in his career. Um first rookie Falcons running back to have 10 receptions in his first two career games, passing Sonny Campbell and then the first Falcons rookie running back since William Andrews. Pretty good company. 79. In yeah. 79 yeah. to record a 100-yard rushing game within his Will first two man, career man. games. Yeah. <laughs> so Will was a bad man. He was a bad man. a
1: different man. stature than A <laughs> B- little, little different yeah. player. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, he could run and catch but, it, sure. We can
1: both wear a shoulder pass.
2: You know, you mentioned the, the, the catch. Rack, and it's a great, it's a great point. And, oh, a great and another, another part about it, uh, in is you expand this in the way the team's going, and just to throw some accolades at our quarterback because mm-hmm. we we picked three different groups. You picked the O line, running back. I picked the linebacker. The quarterback did a bunch of special things this weekend that I think when you start talking about growing right in front of your eyes, that happened in this game. He yeah. made a couple of bad throws in this game. A couple yep. of throws should have been picked off. That's yeah, sure. He made some big time throws, but he made some decisions make in choosing where to go, really good call. You get, you displace Bijan outside the numbers and you see, you see Devondre (laughs) Campbell go with him. So now you got man coverage. You know, you got the linebacker out there and you're going to get man coverage instead of trying to find, he knew immediately that's the matchup. That's the one-on-one matchup. Bijan runs the, runs the slant. You get the first down Um, his, his ability to, to, decipher kind of the pass rush, stay in a a throwing position. Shock and I can appreciate this. And then moving forward and going, he went and ran, what did he run for, two or three, four first downs in the game just to extend drives. When you start to evaluate this quarterback as a fan and you're looking at him, um, whether you like him or don't like him and you start trying to judge him and stuff like that, make sure you look at the little things that he's doing like that. Shock pointed out something he did last week. Uh, in the game against Carolina, where he recognized we had a potential RPO situation on the goal line, Bajon's touchdown. He sees the nickel blitz. He throws it to Bajon instead of handing it off to 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 Algier for a maybe a minus loss. Throws it out and lets Bijan do his special yep. stuff. Yep. But you got to get him the rock. So when you begin to watch, look at this quarterback. Look at the growth you're seeing each and every week. Yes, he's making some dumb throws. He's made, but. I played quarterback, you played quarterback. We yeah, all made dumb throws <laughs> when we were young guys. What can you get away with? What can't you get away with? This kid's really growing before eyes. Really let,
1: cool. let me add one more to, to that, to that you know, what Arch is, is talking about. And I think it goes directly to the trust that Arthur Smith has in his quarterback. And I think the fans should understand that Arthur Smith completely trusts this guy to make the right decision like Arch talked about. The fourth and fourth call where he runs it in, it's a zone read. He has to read it out. If he reads it the wrong way, guess what? The ball goes over and down. Instead, he pulls it and gets to the edge and gets into the zone. I mean, little things like that you think, oh, he ran it in. It was a great run. There's still decisions that have to be made. Yeah. Whether it's in the run game or the pass game, this guy's making those decisions. Now, Arch mentioned it, yeah. He made some couple of bad throws in the game, but guess what? He didn't He didn't allow those to to hamper how he yep. goes about his ball game. Yep. Any. You know, finish that way in the, in the right way. And uh, I saw some numbers on him uh, the other day about how well he's played in the first two games in the fourth quarter. Things like 8 of 10 for 181 yards, zero sacks, taking care of the football and making good decisions is what you want, especially late in the ballgame. You guys can attest to this as quarterbacks. Like, it's one thing to watch
0: Marcus Mariota on tape a year ago and say that you're going to learn from things that happen in the game it's another thing to learn from some of your own mistakes. For sure. Because now Desmond Ritter saw these plays unfold, and the ones that you talked about, the specifically the ones that should have been intercepted, he has a chance now to go back and look at the tape and say, gosh, I didn't see that guy right there. And that just kind of gets logged back into memory. Right. Next time, I'm not going to try to make that same decision because I'm going to anticipate this guy being there. The other thing I'm going to point out as far as learning, and this is just me because I'm kind of old school and you want your quarterback to be there for all 17 regular season games – The one that he ended up scrambling on on the opposite end of the field where he took the big hit, I'm sure his coaching staff is saying we got to get you down or get out of bounds. (laughs) Like those are types of hits that you don't want your quarterback taking. It's just real easy to to have a shoulder injury or something like that. Again, all these learning experiences for him are going to happen on the run as he is as he's playing games as a starter. That's
1: that's because he talks to Arch every week, and Arch is a tank and so now, he Archie felt like talking, he could run that guy over i did stupid sliding. stuff
2: like that too i tried to <laughs> jump over people and all that kind of stuff once you get eat a couple of helmets you realize you know what <laughs> that's not going to be really that's good not that so <laughs> I shocked you saw shock dude i did the same thing
0: uh last time i checked they ain't paying you to jump no. over the top of people. Uh, we'll point out desmond ritter's second quarterback in franchise history to record at least 100 completions in his first six career starts joining mike moroski So we're talking about a couple of young guys here, him and Robinson, that are putting themselves up in some pretty pretty good company and some things that have not happened in a long time uh, in this Falcons organization. All right, um, let's move on and talk about what I mentioned as the call. Uh, I'm standing back in Section 119. I'm right behind where they're going for the fourth and one call. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, goodness, I don't love this call, Mm -hmm. right? I'm thinking, you kick a field goal right here, and you got the lead, and now you got to play defense, right? That's the reason why I'm not a head coach. (laughs) They don't pay me all the money. So, Arch, you're up there calling the game. You end up seeing how they come out, and they decide not to kick the field goal on fourth down. They go for it. What were your first thoughts at that moment?
2: Arthur... Uh, has a decision to make. Do I go ahead and kick the field goal here, and give them essentially three timeouts because I think it was before the two minute warning. Yep, Three time, 11, yeah. three three timeouts left. Or do I do I depend on my guys? Yeah. And the thing that's interesting is is a play this, it's the same play Shockey ran earlier in the game on fourth down, where we go uh, we go unbalanced. We move Jake to Jake the over. right side. He comes yeah. across, you know, tighten down with a tight end on the other side, and we're going to snap it quick. The problem was the referee held the snap just to count. And and Arthur was going, oh, God, I want to get it snapped. And then they snapped it, and then they got an upfield rusher because they were able to adjust because of that little bit extra time. They got a guy upfield. John, who I think, makes the block or gets a block on the guy, just enough of and clips him. And, of course, Bijan uses his magic to yep. get up the field. Yeah. Um, so I, th- my thought was I loved I loved the call because I didn't want to give them the ball back with that much time left on right, the clock. Right, In fact, you wonder if it, with 56 seconds left and fourth and one at the five, if he was considering doing it again. Yeah. I think, you know, he kind of realized, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and depend on my defense here. Yeah. We'll pound it through yeah. and get the field goal. Yeah. But those are the kind of things that were going through my mind.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I was – again, I'm a traditionalist, and I'm like, okay, let's take the points and let's go play defense and really put the pressure back on Green Bay. But, again, that's the reason why um, Arthur Smith is the head coach. And the one thing that did come to, through my mind, DJ, after – and I'm sure this is probably the way that Arthur Smith in some way, shape, or form was thinking – is. I am not going to coach this team scared, Yeah. right? Um, At some point, you have to, as a coach, feel like you got to put your Mm -hmm. foot on the gas. And that's kind of what I felt in that situation after watching the play unfold. I was like, okay, Arthur's not here to play, Mm -hmm. right? He's not here to play conservative. He's here to go out and win. And it worked out in his favor. And there will probably be times, DJ, where he makes those decisions and and it doesn't work out. You
1: win some, you lose some. And I love the fact that you put your key players up to bat. You put the guys who you expect to make these plays up to bat. And I think it—it it, it, more than anything, it's kind of an unspoken kind of thing that he has with his players. Like I believe in you guys. I trust you guys to go out and make the play when it's needed. And guess what? I like my guys a little bit more than going against those <laughs> guys. And I think that's ultimately what it came down to. Is I got a I got a call I like. They actually adjusted, like Arch just mentioned, and had a chance to possibly stop the play. But guess what? We got dudes who can make plays in space, and we got dudes who that first guy with number seven probably ain't gonna make the tackle. And we've seen that in the first two ball games. But I just love the fact that Arthur said, "Hey, look, I believe in you guys. I trust you guys. I'm not gonna think about it. Let's go get it done, and let's go do it at home." So guess what? How much did he endear himself to the fans? Because guess what, everybody was cheering, "Go for it! Let's go get it!" <laughs> I'm sure there were tons of other people who was like, "Kick the field go. No, yeah. <laughs> this is like a..." But it worked out, and. I think in great fashion. I think Arthur Smith loved the fact that his guys stepped up to the challenge and made him right. So I like that. Uh, Real quick, here's the quote from Arthur Smith when asked
0: about that play. I felt good about the play and the way we were blocking. Whether it was going to be Bijan or Tyler in that situation, I had a lot of confidence that they were going to get the first down. That's the belief. So it goes back to, yeah, not coaching scared. And, Dave, you talked about Cajones a little bit. It's also belief in his players and his offensive line and the way we talked about. Like, at that point, they had already rushed for, what, 200-and-something yards. So he has seen kind of the resume of the game that we've been able to run the football. And I'll just throw this out one more time. Again, if you ever had any uh, reservations about drafting a running back that high in the first round, that guy right there shows you why they did it because he's got that special ability to make a play again in a rookie. And when a game is on the line, he didn't even flinch. Yeah, Impressive. Um, So let's move on to next week. Falcons are going to go on the road. Arch, Um, they're going to face the one in one Lions. Of course, Detroit beat Kansas city week one, 21 to 20. And then they fell uh, Sunday to Seattle, 37, 31 in overtime. Um, what type of animal is, for the, are the Falcons facing with Detroit? Well, I think they do. Ke-
2: yeah. Lion. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it is that's a it, lion. huh? It yeah. is yeah. a lion. Just, just gonna a lion. That's, his that's eyes. the animal. That's the animal. It's a lion. Um, I think you're going to get a, a team that thinks of themselves very much the way Atlanta is trying to think of themselves or is thinking of themselves. A physical football team that wants to play four quarters and beat you down physically. Um, they want to run the football now. David Montgomery got, got hurt this last weekend. Their mm. prized uh, unrestricted free agent from Chicago, Iowa State, by the way, um, <laughs> he went down. He went down this weekend. So Jameer Gibbs, their draft pick out of out of Georgia Tech slash Alabama, uh, will probably be the featured guy. Uh, a little bit different guy. Uh, Montgomery's more of a power runner has the ability to slip and slide, a little bit like Tyler Algier, and Gibbs will look a little bit more like number seven, You know his ability to do some of those things. Um, Goff's playing at a high level. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's is an outstanding receiver, so they've got guys around him that can go get the football. Marvin Jones is on this team again. Um, He's a good player. They've got a solid offensive. A lot of people think that their offensive line, the way it's been assembled under Dan Campbell, might be the best offensive line in the National Football League. There's a lot of people talking about him in that regard uh and on the other side of the bar of course you know about hutchinson and and that group that can come after you they drafted jack campbell the linebacker of iowa first round he's played some he's not played some so he's not a starter in there right now um you got the what johnson in the back end uh who's done a good job for him so they added some free agents to the secondary um but it's a it's a good football team i mean they went in and beat kansas city on opening night. Mm Um, didn't play overly great offensively, were, were efficient, and, and then this weekend uh, stubbed their toe. They allowed, allowed Seattle to come in their building yep. and, and win. So um, it's a team that I think similarly thinks of themselves similar to the way Atlanta thinks of themselves, a tough, hard-nosed Uh, 60-minute football team.
0: One thing that stuck out to me that needs to get shored up that they're probably going to see, there was was some explosive plays from Green Bay's offense against the Atlanta defense last Sunday. And Jared Goff, 253 yards against the Chiefs, 323 yards through the air against the Seahawks and three touchdowns. Of course, he did have the extra overtime period to amass that they're probably going to take some shots downfield. So, yes, the defense is going to have to tighten some things up to try not to give away some of those explosive plays.
2: Well, the biggest – let me real quickly. biggest. I I wrote down 15 yards of plays, uh, 15 yards or more of plays. They had four pass plays, one run play. Um, So that's not dynamic by any stretch of the imagination. Shock, it's the penalties. Yeah, yeah. pass interference. That's where you get touched up. I mean, that was about 80 yards of penalties on two plays. How do you fix that?
1: And I I think the great thing was even the first play of the ball game where, you know, A.J. gets caught with the P.I. off the, you know, flea flicker. They went negative yards after that, which was great. They went backwards. And you still don't want it because, you know, a better team, obviously, would do it. Trey Flowers had one as well. Uh, and you find a way to overcome those. I I think those guys have been in those positions before to be patient and understand that you can't give up those, you know, chunk yardage plays because that just gives them yardage, as we all know. Um, But the one thing I wanted to to, to say was, how do we not give Arch any crap for talking about Iowa State guy? Whenever I say a Georgia guy, it gets – it gets out of control yeah, but
2: we don't right. have uh three guys on every team in the national football league like georgia does we have like five guys in the league I mean, you got you got four or five guys at every team see, see
0: by saying that you put uh, the biggest yeah, smile yeah. on this dude's face <laughs> he's like i know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I know. What, but, but, but what, one last thing I, I will mention is the packers were three of nine on third down in this ball game yep. which is great that means you're getting off the field whether you're doing great on first and second down, we talk about this every week but you got off the field and you were good you gave your offense opportunities that's ultimately what kept you in the ball game because of how well they were playing in the first half but second half three and nine on third down that's a, that's a big big task
0: we talked about if you are a um, avid viewer listener of the podcast last week we talked about third down and I mentioned winning football in the NFL is somewhere around that 40 to 45 percent plus mark on third down you mentioned Green Bay was three of nine 33 percent Falcons six of 15. You guys know what the math on that is 44 percent, 40 percent. Dang,
2: that was close. 40%. Well, and add in, and, and I talked to Arthur about this. You mentioned conversion situations, three or four situation. on fourth, down, three or four on fourth yeah. down. So now,
1: get on my brain, man. Get out my you, brain you listen, man. You listen to the show, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you went nine of 19 on third down. And so, if you get if you approach that 47 to 50 percentile, you'll probably lead the national yeah, football
0: league. You're going to uh, win a lot of football games. Um, one other thing that I wanted to note, we didn't mention it. Probably been mentioned other places. The first two weeks, the Falcons have outscored their competition in the fourth quarter. Love that number twenty-seven to nothing. Mm -hmm.
2: So yeah, we always this fourth quarter, three series of downs for Green Bay, eleven yards, and their quarterback was zero for six throwing the football in the fourth quarter this week. So sometimes you
0: could like throw out stats; they don't mean a whole lot, right? But like this is called finishing and winning. So like when you throw out finish and we need to win like that's finishing that defense shutting them down when they had opportunities to get back in the game our offense after stubbing their toe a little bit in the third quarter some some missed opportunities potential turnovers coming back outscoring the competition the first two games 27 to 0
1: in the fourth quarter that's also awesome. in the fourth quarter 244 yards to 56 in the first okay, two ball games, don't, total don't put the don't yes. put the yes. announcer jinx <laughs> yes. on us and all that <laughs> okay. kind of stuff. He all has right. not missed a but. putt inside fifteen feet <laughs> in his last
2: four tournaments. Come on, um, yeah, no question about. It. No, the fourth quarter play you mentioned it, Rack. It's a great point. Um, you have, if you want to take this team to another level, you're playing sixty minute football. You have been for the first two years of Arthur Smith's tenure here. You're playing hard. You're playing rough. It's a it's a tough football team to play. But how do you get over the hump? How do you win those close games that you're not winning? You find a way to finish games. And you make a great point. They're finished. So far, the two games, they're two games in, they've finished these two football games. What do you got for me, Ray? Last thing. DJ, go
0: ahead.
1: She raised her hand. Thank you. Thank you. Such a good student. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, you got two wins. You got two wins in the NFC, too. How big is that? I yep. mean that's a it's huge it's it's monster to start a year that way. Yep. Always want to win games, but even when you get them inside the NFC, that means a little bit more to
2: I it. got a question for you, Shock. You got big receivers, six foot five, six foot four, six foot Matt six. Matt Collins
0: looks like a bodybuilder
1: okay. out there, by the
2: way. Tell what do they tell us about as a quarterback when you got guys like that and you're throwing the ball? What do you what are you trying to do?
1: Give them a chance. That's all that matters. You gotta oh, give them thank you. Put them up to back. Give them a chance. I mean Ritter did a great job on the flea flicker, whatever you want to call it, reverse handoff. Gave back to him and give Mac an opportunity to go up and get it. This what do guy do the week seems before
2: hungry. What did he do the week before with
1: Pitts? Put him up the bat with two dudes. It didn't matter. They was back there. Six six give him a seven chance. foot wingspan. Give, give him, him a chance.
2: chance. Give him a chance. I keep hearing people hit me up and saying, hey, yeah, but Ritter's numbers, if you take this way and that way, yeah, if it's an ands or candy, you know. I'm putting guys up that have seven-foot wingspan. That's why we God got them. Right? Yeah. We can get a foul. We can go get a couple of 5 receivers. They're not going to get
0: that run. Yeah. So get off of that. I don't have to throw the slant to them because I want them to outrun somebody 60 yards. Yeah. Throw the ball up and let them come down and make a play.
1: Two, two, plays, two plays stick out to me is the Drake London touchdown. Bodies the guy, boxes him out, uses that big body frame. And then there was another corner out on the Falcons' left side over there. And he throws the corner out against Jared Alexander. He comes flat and he uses his big frame to go get it. And guess what? Even though it's verse cover three, what people don't understand is cover three, the corner's playing outside leverage already. So a corner out probably wouldn't be as good on this particular play. Drake beats him across his face, comes flat, catches the football, big time play. By Give the, your guys a chance. By the way, inside the action, had been talking some noise on
2: the sideline. Yeah, <laughs> and Drake. If you go back and look at it, Drake got in his ear. Yeah, and that <laughs> <one. That laughs> appreciate good. you feed him in his technique, as you said, and it was a big play along the sideline. Might have been the best throw that Des made on the on the uh, on the weekend. But by the way, go check uh, film session on uh, AtlantaFalcons.com because Shock breaks down and Drake Drake London touchdown, and it's really good. We could sit here, as you can see, and chop it up and no talk doubt. about
0: plays and no uh, dissect it even more. But that's good. Talk We're going to wrap it up. State guys, that was the uh, Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. Remember to like, subscribe, and review on Spotify, iTunes, AtlantaFalcons.com, and YouTube. Send us your comments. Keep them clean, though. Nah. Make sure they good because otherwise I'm going to Oh, no. Arch
1: like i dirty. You so. see what I said? My bulldog on yeah. you? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's all good. It's all good. Don't be a bulldog. Uh, Blazers of UAB. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: Going on the road for the first time in the 2023 season to face the Detroit Lions. (laughs) We will see you next week here on the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T.